five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh from the Wisconsin DMA and the International Society for Strategic Marketing. And now to the news. Scarlett Johansson and Disney have settled their dispute. Johansson charged that because Disney opened directly online rather than in the, in the theaters and she had a special bonus in her contract, she sued them for $50 million. The terms were not revealed, but it's said to be in the tens of millions. I think it was an excellent idea for her to file a suit because who knows if they would have just magnanimously paid her. <laughs> but also, Ritson wrote a long article about how brilliant it was that Disney opened it with online because it allowed them to capture customer information when they were directly working with their customers rather than just cashing the checks at the theaters. But uh, according to Ritson, it was worth it. Now, my suspicion was that they weren't set up to really do anything with the data anyway. On to the next news. Marketing job, vac job vacancies more than triple since the height of the pandemic. And uh, so if you're, if you're wanting to start direct mail... You know, I have great relationships with some great printers and great uh, designers and other professionals. So give me a call. If you don't have the staff to get it done, we can help. Um, that's what we do. So anyway, marketing jobs have tripled since the height of the, uh, of the pandemic. People decided it's time to make a change and do something different with their life. Okay, so now let's go over to Mark Ritson. If your distinctive brand assets are exclusively vis visual, it's time to come to your senses. Okay, and something is fishy here with this, with Ritson. It's clipping off the top of it. Okay, well, we'll just keep that in mind. Okay, so about 15 years ago, he said he was working in Paris for Goulain, Guerlain Perfume House. I don't know how to pronounce French words. Uh, but he got to work with Jean-Paul Jolain, the last member of the family to be the master perfumer and a legend in the beauty industry. We were filming as part of a quest to identify the brand DNA. At one point, he told me a very simple story. He described an elderly man who entered an elevator and stood next to a woman. The woman just happened to be wearing a fragrance the old man recognized from his youth, and despite not having thought of that scent or brand or the original woman that once wore it all those decades ago, the old man's memories came rushing back with such force he fell, probably fell to his knees, because he was probably on his feet. It's a typo there. The old man fell to his knees, or something like that. That's it. Mr. Guerlain said to me, fixed his very pale eyes on me for a second or two to underline the point. The point is that you connect with, with you can connect with your, with your uh, senses, with especially smell. Smell is amazing. I was visiting a factory last week, and um, I went, used the restroom, and in the restroom there was a smell that that brought back memories of my grade school and my grade school was a three-room school and I don't know what I don't know what the connection was but instantly I was like back in that school and that's what 
that's what smell can do. Smell, I guess, is, you know, connected most, most, uh, most vividly to your brain. And the reason is, speculation, of course, but scientists speculate, that um, you really want smell to be important. We have a registration of bad smells and, of course, bad tastes, so that once you taste something and don't like it, and if it has a terrible taste, you you will remember that forever and not want to eat it again. And smell, of course, gets to you before the before you actually eat it. So you know if it's bad fish or something, you can. Now I'm thinking of the seacoast in in New England because there's sort of a fishy, salty, you know. But there's a lot of mud flats out there. And when I was about 10 years old, I was out in that area for several weeks and the fog and I can remember all that isn't that fascinating anyway so Ritson's point is that there's more to life than just your vision and um, after a couple of weeks they put together a, uh, a new brand definition and funny thing they didn't include and now I am missing my buttons <laughs> I'm missing my buttons, my toolbar. I got a new update, you know, and that always takes away something from what I need. Uh, they had forgotten about to add anything about smell for the perfume company. Now, how they would execute that, I'm not sure, but that's a different question. We'll talk about that in a minute. Okay, so moving on. Uh, it's one example. We went only with visual cues. It's one example from hundreds of marketing's over-reliance on visual elements. Isn't that interesting? And it's disregard of the other four senses. While the eye might be the input people rely on most, it may not be the most potent one to start memories, provide salience, and generate distinctiveness, which I've just argued, of course. So, um, the... CMO of MasterCard simplified the logo to two, just the two circles without the MasterCard across it. And now he's working on, he's working on an audio cue. So let's go over to that just for a second here. I'll have to put up the YouTube visual. Here we go. It is critical for any brand to manifest and reinforce itself as a symbol of trust and confidence and represent the quality that consumers expect. I'm really thrilled to add a new dimension into our brand transformation, which is the launch of our Sonic Identity. Sonic Identity literally adds a new dimension to the consumer experience. It reaches people's minds and hearts through another sense, which is the sense of hearing. Our Sonic brand registers our brand more powerfully this evolution helps us prepare for the future of voice commerce, Internet of Things, and so on. Okay, so it goes, da -da 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 -da, sort of. Now, what's stunning to me about this little video that was produced by MasterCard News is that you only really hear that sound once in it. And there's this jazz background, and they could have gone, do 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 do, or at least gotten some musicians to play, to weave it into the music over and over and over to reinforce it on their own video, and they missed it. 
Fantastic, isn't it? That even MasterCard missed the big opportunity to in- introduce their little jingle. Okay, but you'll be hearing it, and eventually it'll worm your way, it'll worm its way into your head, which you know with little jingle sounds. We start every day with five, four, three, two, one. I don't know if that gets in your head or not. It helps me to start, and that's the only reason I did it. But let's go on. Let's go back to Ritson and see if we got something here to, to think about. Okay, so now we're back at Ritson. I gotta find Ritson. Oh, there he is. Okay, so moving on. They they now Lipsos examined which brand assets were generally best at bringing brand to mind, and they also included Sonic Cues. And what they found was that anybody with a Sonic Cue down at the bottom was way more memorable than uh, other brands that just had um, just had other stuff that I can't read. But it doesn't matter because it's the bottom one that matters. <laughs> and so, SoundOut has analyzed a British company has uh, has 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 analyzed jingles to assess how effective they are and to the degree of fit the musical cue has with the brand's personality. And so, uh, Ritson calls to mind a giant food company called Just Eat. So now we'll go over and see that. This is very difficult techno- technology to keep to keep all in line here. But this couple is watching the watching uh, TV and channel surfing all through the cable channels, and not finding anything particular that they like. So uh, the woman says, "You know, let's call out for something." And then here comes the commercial. Shall we order a takeaway? Did somebody say just eat? Did somebody say just eat? Here we go. Did somebody say? Did somebody say? Somebody say? Did somebody say? Somebody say? Did somebody say? She know that hungry. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay, well anyway. <laughs> now there's the way it's done, man. That is awesome. They just nailed it over and over and over and over. <laughs> And, uh, you know, it's in there already. And just one watching of the thing. Can you believe it? Just eat. Okay. And so back to Ritson. Now let's try this. This is this is not. Uh, <laughs> don't try this at home. Anyway, so it's played over and over again within each ad. And uh, in all kinds of contexts. And that's the way their advertising basically goes. And now we go to over to recognition, the sound sonic effectiveness matrix of other brands in the, you know, in the food delivery and and wh- what are we going to do to get something to eat? Just Eat is not only top of recall, I think it's second maybe or, or something, but in the very, very top, but it's also in propensity to buy way over at the top. Okay, so now you're starting to say, 
Just Eat performs well because the perception of its Sonic logo is relatively in line with the brand itself. Not just something people recall, but they think it's fun, right? Brand personality. And here's a matrix of brand personality. And one is what people think of the brand who know it. And the other is what they think when they just hear the, the jingle. Okay, and so it matches up. So uh, in reality, we humans work best when we combine our senses to create multidimensional ways of think, uh, 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 multidimensional impressions of something, okay? And, or to put it another way, if your list of distinctives of brand assets is exclusively visual, why? Okay, now, why am I talking about this? Why is Mr. Mail talking about TV commercials and jingles that play on your credit card? It's because... Mail has smell. And smell, as we already figured out, is one of the more powerful. It also has touch, which none of these have, right? Not one of them has touch. It had sound, and I've gotten some sound in the mail, you know, like reading cards that play, and I can remember those. But what's funny is, is that as kids, we would get the Sears book, you know, the Sears dream book, and we would pick out and circle are, you know, parents would say, well, you can circle three things in the, in the book and, um, and, you know, maybe we'll tell Santa. And so mail has this smell. The Sears catalog had this, you know, ground wood, cheap paper, but fuzzy kind of paper, not high gloss. What's interesting is, is that I ran a 600,000 piece test, split test, AB, just Plain old split, and uh, we were on not fine paper, but nice paper, nicer than your average business-to-business catalog, uh, lightly coated stock, and uh, but still fairly lightweight. And we decided to go to a little a little bulkier paper to give the catalog more heft. Sears catalog weight, okay, and give it. Um, and we were on road to gravure, so we could go with ground wood and throw enough ink on there that the paper would absorb it. There was minor dot gains, so the pictures weren't quite as crisp, but they were vibrant and maybe more vibrant. And there was also that smell of ground wood. And, you know, you, you associate that with low price with the, with the flyers, the freestanding inserts that come in the newspaper on Sunday, or now they just come on their own in the mailbox. And so the groundwood was less expensive. There was reasons to use it. We were just hoping, because we saved about 20% on the paper cost, we were just hoping it would do about the same. Guess what? It did about 20% better in sales and profit. It, 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 you know, it, it made our prospects prospecting profitable in most cases. I mean, it was a breakthrough. Unbelievable. Why is that even possible? Well, that's a great question. Somebody's calling me. So now it's going to ring everywhere. I have to catch it before. Oh, anyway, that's a sound cue. So, uh, why is that possible? It, and you know, and I've never thought about this in this light. I, I, I believe that our catalog, the perception of our catalog was that it was more expensive because of the coded stock, because of the feel of it, 
because it was nice. And I and I uh, I worked on a couple of tests where where somebody had a sale piece and it was just on too nice a paper, you know. And we and we rolled that back and it did better. Okay, so it is possible that the, that the paper is perceived as expensive and the catalog is therefore perceived as expensive and therefore customers you know look for a better deal that's possible but it's also possible that our catalog brought back images of leafing through the sears catalog for those old buyers is that possible heaven only knows but it's what happened and how many of you who are in the mail ever think about that how often do you do paper tests? Usually very, very rarely. And, and, and if you do paper tests, do you reinforce your brand or do you undermine your brand? Is there a smell to the ground wood that would make you look more, more, cost, more, more value-oriented and boost your sales? Great things to think about in print that you can't really think about. Well, you can think about it in production value. There's, you know, there's also that aspect that if you make the commercial too professional, it doesn't look as authentic as something like this. Many things to think about. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. Have a great day. Bye-bye.